Uh, well, we're continuing on in our series called Margin, all right? And we're starting these first several weeks in our finding margin in our time. And then we're going to continue on in finding margin in our finances. Now, we do have running parallel with this, okay? We have our Financial Peace University classes, and it's cool to say that we have about 35 of our adults that are going through that here at our campus, right? And so if you look around and you count, like, that's the majority of us. And so it's pretty awesome to see that. And several of the folks who are not doing it have already done it. And so, like, it's really cool to see how that's working in our body and in our people. And so it's uh, just a cool thing to see. But I hope that also, you know, we're doing that with our finances, but I hope that we're beginning to apply that to our time as we've been talking about that over these past couple weeks. And this past week, we had this kind of statement that we said, uh, and it's this, okay? Most people spend their time like they spend their money. They don't know how much of it they have, but they typically run out of it, right? Okay, let me repeat that. Most people spend their time like they spend their money. They don't know how much of it they have, but they typically run out of it. Now, you may, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, look at this board and go, yep, that's my life. Like, this is the crazy that is going on in my life. And we brought this guy into the mix last week, right? And this idea that we sometimes get super stretched, right? Life stretches us out in every direction because we're oh so busy and we've got so many things going on that we just don't know which way to turn and where to go. And what happens is that in all the crazy and all the things that are going on, that's typically what takes the precedent. That's what we then turn all of our time to. And so on that first week, we talked about how spending time with the Lord is where we need to start, and then we address the crazy, right? We step into the crazy that is going on. Now, last week, we also gave you this calendar, okay? And maybe you had some time this week to kind of break that down and to see, but over here on the top right, okay, we kind of created, if you will, a little legend for your calendar, okay? So the first one is that abide time, that time when you're sitting with the Lord, intentionally sitting with the Lord, okay? And spending time with Him in prayer, uh, in, reading your, in the, reading the Bible and different things like that, and in worship, but then also this time of rest, right? We talked about the importance of rest. Your body is not made to do this. Stretch Armstrong is, but you're not, Right? You're not made to be pulled in every direction. So rest is a very important element of that. And then we talked about, obviously, work. You know, that takes up a majority of our time. If you look at the calendar there, it's pretty full of red, isn't it? And we're actually going to address that and talk about that today because that's the majority of the majority's day. Is it work? Right? And what we're doing at work. And then the final one is that idea of relationship and building relationship with church friends and other friends and growing that relationship, but also growing that relationship with your family and spending time with your family. There needs to be intentional time for that. All right. So hopefully you had a chance to do that this past week. If you didn't, all right, or you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you, like we talked about a minute ago, we got that fancy new app. All right. So go to that app, go to sermons, click on that, and listen to last week's sermon where we walked through and talked about this idea of managing our calendar instead of our calendar managing us, all right? And so we want to take that time and opportunity to do that. But then also this, try before this week, 
okay, which is tomorrow, right? But before this week starts, to figure out and find out where does my time go? Like, what am I intentionally doing with my day and with my time as you steward that and use that, okay? Sound good? Yeah? All right. So here's the thing. When we look to the military, okay, the military will have a mission or something they are going out to do, right? They have this objective that they are called to, but here's the thing. When they do that, they have this season or this time of preparation, right? They'll ready their equipment. They'll ready their weapons. They'll even ready themselves physically and prepare themselves for, for what's about to happen, right? Before they go on the mission, they don't go, I tell you what, let's just grab a couple things and we'll head that way, right? Like they ready themselves. They prepare for what they have ahead. And so last week we kind of talked about this idea of preparing yourselves, looking at your calendar, finding out where your time goes, prepping and preparing to step into the week. So this week, here's what we're going to talk about. The mission, all right? So we've talked about the preparation, but now let's talk about the mission and where we're going and what we're doing, okay? So here's the thing. You see, when you wake up and you step out of bed, guess where you have stepped? Number one, the floor. You've stepped on the floor, hopefully, right? But number two, okay, you have stepped on the mission field. Like as a follower and believer of Jesus, you have stepped onto the mission field. Now, even in your home, you are on the mission field because your family there, you are to guide them and lead them, right? Like that is part of your mission. And so you've stepped on the mission field. Then when you step out the door, guess what? You've stepped on an even bigger mission field that is before you, all right? When I did student ministry, I tried to drill this into my students. Look, you are on one of the most, when you're on your campus, you are on one of the most concentrated mission fields you will ever be on. Like you are there with all these people that are the exact same age as you. They may have different backgrounds and cultures, but guess what? They are the same age and like the same things, And so if I could get that into their head, that they're on the most concentrated mission field they'll ever be on, man, they they just ran with it. Like, whoa, that's really cool. But here's the thing I've realized. That doesn't change for us as adults. Like, we don't get out of school and go, oh, wow, we're not on the mission field anymore. We're not on this concentrated mission field. No, guess what? If you're at a workplace, you all have a same mission that you are wanting to accomplish. Or I hope you do, right? That place is a wreck. But you are all going towards the same direction, so you have the same kind of thoughts, or you have the same type of skills, and so you have this connection with those people around you, and God has placed you there on that mission field to make a difference on that mission field. And so here's the thing, okay? We've been talking about these stats of the week and what we have, okay? We have 168 hours in a week. You're asleep for 49 to 50 of it on average, all right, leaving you with 119 hours in the week, and then you're going to spend 50 or so of those at work on average, okay, the American average, 50 hours a week. And so when we were looking at that calendar, there was a whole lot of red, right? Like that's where we're working and what we're doing. Now, on the very first week of this series, we took a little survey from you guys, okay? And the good news is that the majority of you like your work. You like what you do. In fact, 85%, or sorry, 87% of you like what you do, all right? And you even wrote out statements like this. Uh, I get to build relationships with the people around me, or I get to help teach and serve others. Or uh, several of you put, I just really enjoy what I do. That's awesome. That's great that you love what you do. Now, there's there was some of you uh, that you said not so much, 
Like, this is, I don't enjoy exactly what I'm doing and where God even has me right now. But here's the thing, okay? Here were some of the statements that came along with that. I know that this is not a long-term place or position. The people around me or the environment is unhealthy. And the coworkers that are near me are tough. But here's what I want you to see today is this, okay? As we're walking through this, that it doesn't really matter if you like your job or not. Now, hold on to that for a second, okay? It doesn't matter... Because God has put you there for this season and for a reason. Now, my prayer is that you find a job that you love. Absolutely. Like the Lord will provide something for you that if you're unhealthy or in that unhealthy place, that he will put you in a place that is healthy and a place that you will enjoy. Absolutely. Like that's my heart and my desire for you. But he maybe has put you in the place he has put you for a bigger purpose and a bigger reason. Okay, so let me, let me kind of defend that, if you will, all right? So here we go. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 32 first, okay? And uh, this past week, I was reading through in my abide time, and I came across this, and I actually shared it with our Financial Peace crew on Wednesday night, and uh, I think it really applies even to what we're talking about this morning, okay? And so in Psalm 32, verse 6, it says this. It says, Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there's still time. Now, if there's a therefore in scripture, we want to know what it's there for, okay? So we need to go back before that and see why it's there. Well, the psalmist is writing about this heart and this mind of confession. He's confessing his sins, okay? He's laying them before the Lord, and then he says, therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, so that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment, all right? So they're making the most of their time, kind of like we talked about last week. They're making the most of their time. For you are my hiding place. Now, who's he talking about? Well, he's talking about God himself, okay? For you are my hiding place, and you protect me from trouble, and you surround me with songs of victory. And the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you, and I will watch over you. Now, I don't know if you see it yet, But let me read it again. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you, and I will watch over you. So don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. But here's what I read in that, okay, is this, is that God has you right where he wants you to be. He's got you on this pathway, and sure, you make decisions, but he has you exactly where he wants you to be for this time and for this season. But here's the thing in that, okay? If you're one that doesn't like your job, guess what? This offers you encouragement because now you're saying, okay, God has me here for a purpose and a reason. He has something that he wants me to accomplish and achieve for his kingdom here in this place. And then you've got even further encouragement if you do love your job. Because yes, I'm loving what I'm doing, and God has purpose in that for me in the place that I'm at. How awesome is that? Right? That you are a part of, you are a small part of this bigger story of what God is trying to accomplish. Because we are the ones, we're it, that he puts on the mission field to do the work. You realize that? Like if you are a believer and follower of Jesus, he desires to work through you in the places that he has you to bring kingdom into that place and to bring himself into that place. So here's the deal. Here's what I'm asking. When you're at your job 
And while you're doing your job, work at work. Okay, what do I mean by that? All right, here's what I mean by that. Here's the first thing I mean by that, is that you may be at that job for someone else. Okay, let me say that again. You may be at that job for someone else. So what does that mean? That means that you may be the light that someone needs each and every day or each and every week. Or you may be that encouragement that that person needs each and every day or each and every week. Or you may be that glimpse of Jesus that that person never gets during the week. You're it. You're the light in the darkness. You're the glimpse. You see, you may have a bigger purpose in where God has put you. But imagine this for a second, okay? If God has placed you in this specific place, and every day you walk into work and you're the Debbie Downer. You remember that Saturday Night Live skit? Like, you know? I watched one last night. I was rolling. Anyway, all right. If you haven't seen it, go YouTube, Debbie Downer. It's hilarious, all right? But anyway, here's the thing. Everything is always negative, right? And so if God's placed you there and he's like, look, you're going to be the light to this workplace. You're going to be the light to where I have you. And you walk in and every project is the dumbest project we've ever done. Or every co-worker is the dumbest co-worker I've ever worked with, right? How does that work for your kingdom impact? It doesn't. It doesn't because people are looking at you going, well, okay, you're telling me about these great things that Jesus is doing in your life, but you're always just sour. Like, Why is that? What does that look like? And so he may have greater intention for you in your kingdom impact. All right, imagine this. If every time you step into the office, you're late, you're dishonest, you're griping and complaining, you're sitting on your Facebook or on your phone, and you're never really working hard, but then you're trying to tell people about the great things that God's doing in your life. Oh yeah, get me some of that. That's what I want, right? No, no, we're to be lights in the kingdom, all right? And so, how does that allow us kingdom impact? Well, uh, if, if that's kind of where your heart is, and you maybe feel a little sour or a little distant in the, in the workplace that you're at, okay? I hope to give you a couple of scriptures here in the next few minutes that can maybe help you to begin to, tr- to see transformation in that, to see change in that, all right? So the first one is this. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Colossians 3, 22, because I've kind of beat up on you the last few minutes, so now I'm going to give you some encouragement, all right? But here we go in Colossians 3.22. And first, let me give you the context of this, okay? So Paul is writing to the Colossians, all right? The believers in the church or the believers in the city, okay? And he's writing to them and he's talking about just kind of these roles within the household, all right? And he's laying it out for them. And this is kind of what it should look like. And so he talks to the wives, he talks to the husbands, he talks to the kids, and then he even moves to the slaves or the servants of the house, all right? The servants of the house. And he says this in verse 22 of chapter 3 in Colossians. He says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try, look here, try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you, and serve them sincerely. Man, that's a big word, right? Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. And work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for the people or the person. Now, here's the thing, okay? We've got to look at, for a second, scriptural slavery or servanthood, 
all right? Because people were brought into slavery or servanthood for maybe they messed up or they did something they shouldn't have, and so then they're put into slavery. But there's also people that were bought into slavery or people who were born into slavery, okay? And they would be working for a household. But as we see in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy, after seven years, they would have a choice. I can either go out on my own, I can move under a different master, or I can stay under the master that I have. And that's who he's writing to, are these people who have made that decision, okay? And he's saying, look, if you're going to stay under your master, right? If you're going to stay there with him and under him, then work diligently for him and all that he's asking you to do. But even when he's not looking, work for him and work for him diligently. But why do they need to work for him diligently? Well, because of their reverent fear of the Lord, okay? And so work willingly at whatever you do as though working for the Lord. So Paul's writing to these family workers, okay? And he says, look, even if your master is not watching, work diligently, And even if your earthly master isn't watching, look here, your heavenly master, your heavenly father is. And so work as though you are working unto him and serve them, serve him sincerely in the work that you're doing. Do it as though you're doing it unto the Lord. Okay, so for us today, what does that mean? Well, it means this. It means whomever you decide to work under, okay, work diligently for them. Work diligently for them. Don't try to find other things to do besides the work. Go ahead and do the work. Because here's what we're going to see in 1 Peter chapter 2. Okay, Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. He says, Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Now notice he doesn't say your believing neighbors. What does he say there? He says your unbelieving neighbors, which might be the majority of the folks in your workplace. Okay, your unbelieving neighbors, then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. I love the way that that's written, your honorable behavior. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Okay, so what's that saying? Live properly, right? Now, why do we need to live properly? Because the people around you may be looking at your life, and that may be the only glimpse of Jesus or the kingdom that they will see. And then what does it say there? That they will give honor to God when he judges the world. They're going to see it in the way that you're working and the things that you're doing diligently there in the workplace. You see, because here's the thing, like I said a minute ago, we are the testimony of Jesus. And you may be the only testimony of Jesus in your workplace. And so as you are the testimony of Jesus in your workplace, let's be a positive testimony testimony of Jesus, right? Not a negative testimony of Jesus where people are looking at your, your work ethic going, well, man, if that's, if that's a follower of Jesus, then I don't know that I want to be a part of that. But man, no, there's something di- excuse me, different in your life. And he's put you there to accomplish this awesome goal and this awesome mission. Okay. Now, here's the thing that I want to add to that is this. Let's apply this to the home as well, all right? So we have the workplace where, yes, we need to work diligently, where we need to be an example, but then let's apply it to the home. So when we're at work, man, do the work, 
right? But then when we come to the home, dad, let's be a dad. Mom, let's be a mom, right? Let's be present in the home. So look here, don't bring work to the ball field. Don't bring work to the dance recital. Don't bring work to the dinner table. Don't bring work to when all the friends are over. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting there on the phone while all your friends are sitting there having their relationship time. Because if you remember on the calendar, right? If you can pop that back up there. We had the work, right? We've got the work piece and then we've got the home piece or the relationship piece in the blue, right? And so don't bring work into those times. Are there occasional times that we maybe need to do something around the house? Sure. Right? Like, I've got to finish this email real quick, and then I'm going to send it, or this, that, and the other. But let's try to find some time to build relationship. And that doesn't mean that it's all friends and no family, but you're building relationship with friends and family. Okay? So be present. Now, here's the thing. One of the worst experiences in my life, okay? I was sitting at a ball game, or not a ball game, but even a practice. And I was sitting there on my phone, and I'm hanging out on my phone, right? And I'm answering some emails, doing some stuff like that. And then I hear this tink, and the ball goes flying. And I look up, and it's my son who's just hit it, right? And all I got to see was the ball heading into the outfield and him rounding the base. I didn't get to see the hit. But then here, here's where it comes in, okay? Afterwards, he comes up, Dad, did you see my hit? Well, I saw the end of it, bud. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I saw the end of it. It's like, well, it was good, wasn't it? Well, it went far. That's all I saw, <laughs> right? But there's nothing more heartbreaking than not being present with our kiddos or with our family. And how much more are we missing because we're maybe putting our focus on our work or even on our dumb, stupid devices, right? But let's take time to be present, right? So work at home, or excuse me, work at work. <laughs> and at home, be home. And maybe begin to use the calendar to draw those lines in the sand and say, these are the times. Chick-fil-A did a thing uh, a couple years ago. Or I guess it's been about a year ago now. They made these little boxes, right? And they were phone homes. Remember those? Maybe that's what you need to do at your house. It's an opportunity for you to put all your phones right there in the middle. Nobody touches them. Whoever does touch them, like the thing with Chick-fil-A was whoever did, I think you had to like buy them something or buy them an ice cream cone or whatever. But anyway, it's a great idea, right? To put work down for a minute and step into family, okay? So work at work, but at home, be at home. Also this, bring value to your workplace, but also bring value to your home. There's awesome opportunities there for us in that, okay? So here's my final thing for you, and it's this. If you have a bulletin, I'd love for you to open it up and maybe spend these next few minutes jotting this down, okay? We have kind of that uh, on, our, on the end of our financial piece, we have that one-minute takeaway, right? This is kind of your one-minute takeaway for a few seconds. What is God asking you to do with what you've heard this morning, okay? What's he asking you to do? Here's a couple things maybe to ponder. Is it to discover purpose in your job or value in your job? Do you maybe need to confess and repent of a complacent work performance? Or maybe, and this could be the hardest one, is that maybe you need to acknowledge or apologize to those you love most that you have placed work in front of that relationship time.
But that's not for me to figure out which one of those is for you, right? But maybe one of those is for you, or maybe the Lord's saying something completely different to you today. But I encourage you to spend these next few minutes as Morgan plays through this song, okay? To just spend a few moments with the Lord, and then to continue to worship Him and what He's doing. But my main thing for you this morning is this. Look, God has put you in the place He's put you for a purpose and for a reason right now. And what are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? Okay? Let me pray for us. Father.